Thank you for tuning in to the WAM Podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Hey, welcome to the Women and Manufacturing Podcast. My name is Fran Brunel. I'm the host for today's show. I'm also the president of Accelerated Manufacturing Brokers, Inc., a company that specializes in mergers and acquisitions only within the manufacturing sectors and throughout the entire nation. Welcome to today's show. So today we have with us Belinda Donavant. Belinda is a Senior Director of Engineering with Canon Virginia, Inc. Canon Virginia opened its stores in 1985. They've made substantial capital investment, more than $700 million in five facilities, totaling 2 million square feet, and they employ over 2,000 people. Belinda has an electrical engineering background. She's an electrical engineer by training. She's held a variety of positions with Canon, which we're going to dive into some of them really interesting, but including supplier and product engineering, business development, and she has led the industrial engineering and innovation division. Belinda, welcome to the show. Thanks, Fran. I'm really happy to be here and talk to you about Canon and share passion for manufacturing. Awesome. We're glad to have you here. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. So introduce us to Canon Virginia, Inc. a little bit. Explain to us what the company specializes in for those who live under a rock and don't know, and also just what your current role there is. Take it away. So I'll start by explaining Canon as a global company. So many people are familiar with Canon products, whether it's cameras or printers or copiers, things like that. That should maybe be a household name. But here in Canon, Virginia, we have some manufacturing related to those products. So we do a lot of repair and warranty business for all of those types of products that are sold in the United States under the Canon brand. We also do a lot of vertically integrated manufacturing. So we make toner cartridges here. We have medical businesses that we support here, Canon and outside customers, and we do tool manufacturing. We have a wide diversity of businesses here in Virginia. So mm-hmm. it's uh, 65 degrees in Newport News, Virginia today, and we're just enjoying being here. I'm noticing that you're in a short sleeve shirt and I've got like two sweaters on <laughs> up here in New Jersey. So tell us a little bit about your current role at Canon, Virginia. So I'm in charge of our division called Product Engineering, and we are focused on bringing products to manufacturing stage. So taking a product that has been designed or developed, whether it's from our designers in our research and development group in Japan, our research and development group here in Virginia, or even from outside customers. So we are an OEM manufacturer, original equipment manufacturer. So we do manufacturing for other people's products as well, sharing our Canon know-how. And so my group is responsible to take those products that have been designed and developed and bringing those into a mass production environment. So we always say it's, it may not be easy to make just one of something, but you can make just one. But it's a whole different thing to try and make 5,000 or 10,000 or a million of that same thing and get repetitive quality and repetitive performance. And so that's what my division specializes in. Great. What type of products? So is it still within the traditional Canon Virginia where you're talking about, you know, copiers and related products? 
Or do you expand beyond that, especially when you are manufacturing other companies' products? What does that look like? So I'll talk about a couple of products, if you will. So we do tend to look for customers that have a good fit with Canon technology, whether it's moving paper. You know, if you think about our copier products, we have an expertise in moving paper. So we may partner with or work with an outside customer who has a need to move paper and manufacture their products. Think about post office machines or mm-hmm. even paper towel dispensers, things like that, that may have, have some acclimation to our technology. We also look for products that we can share, you know, our imaging solutions or other medical technology. One of the things I want to share about Canon is that we are a technology company. Canon has been, for the past 35 years, we've been in the top five of patents awarded around the globe. 35 years, top five of patents awarded. Wow. We have a ton of technology used in our own products. And then we are able to use that, in some cases, licensing to the outside customers and manufacture their products as well. So we're always looking for a good fit with technology and as well with culture, right? We do want to be a good culture fit for those customers. Sure. Yeah. So I'm learning things I didn't know. The top five in patent awards, that's phenomenal. And I also had no idea that Canon manufactured products for other people. Fascinating. So you have held a variety of positions within the company, some really interesting. One I'd like you to speak about is one that took you around the world, travel around the world, and what some of those experiences were and, you know, what was your favorite? Sure. So this is going way back to my early career here at Canon, but looking back, what an awesome job to have, you know, as a young engineer coming right out of school. So this job, the title was called Supplier Engineering, and I joined that job after about a year at Canon. So I trained on some of our products, the products that we were manufacturing, and then the components that make up those products, learning about the performance requirements, the technical requirements, and specifications. And so after getting you know, fully integrated with what our own products were, started taking on the role of the electrical supplier engineer. So meaning that I traveled to all of those electronics manufacturers to help them make the products to Canon's criteria. So thinking about, you know, circuit board manufacturers or wiring harness manufacturers, transformer companies, display panel companies. So just a wide variety of experiences. You know, as a young engineer to see so many different manufacturing operations, it really was a good job to have just for ultimate learning potential. Wow. Interesting. So you asked about some of my favorite things. So I do have a story, you know, my first passport, it got a lot of action. So I will, (laughs) a lot of action with that passport. And one time I was in Hong Kong, traveling to a supplier in China. And at that time, well, even still today, I had to pass through customs to get from Hong Kong to China. And my passport was almost full. And, you know, I had like one page free, which I thought was, okay, this is great. I'll be able to go into China. I've got one page free. And when I got to the customs entry, he wouldn't let me in. He said, no, you have to have two pages free to come in. And I could not go complete my business trip that day. I had to leave customs, go to the embassy in Hong Kong, add additional pages to my passport, and then go back the next day and go in again. Finally, my passport ended up with 75 pages. So that was a really thick passport because I just kept 
traveling in and out of countries and meeting a lot of stands. Wow, that's great. Yeah, as someone who travels, and I've not done international travel, but I travel all over the country. I think in 2018, I traveled 40 weeks out of that year to do what I do. Anyway, so, you know, most of our listening audience are manufacturers. Many of them are small manufacturers, right? And so we always try to, in the WAM podcast, give them a little nugget that might help them in their own business. And one of the things I find interesting here is that many of the businesses, small manufacturers, they aspire to be a tier one provider to a company like Canon Virginia. And you have been in your career on the other side of the table where you're choosing who these suppliers would be. So can you share with our listening audience the type of criteria that you would look for or that someone, a level that they have to be at in order to become a supplier of a company like yours? I think this would be an interesting uh, conversation. Sure. So we do pride ourselves having good relationships with our suppliers. So we do like to have an actual physical relationship. We don't like to just, you know, purchase something and keep these kind of blind purchase orders going. We like to build these relationships. And I think that's part of the Japanese culture as well. So in looking for you know, a new supplier, so we, you know, and this has changed a lot over the years in industry, especially as the automotive industry has continued to grow the criteria and formalize the criteria and how they choose suppliers. And so a lot of suppliers will be very familiar, or at least have read a lot of the documentation going into, you know, preparing themselves. As we start looking at particular injection molding companies or component manufacturers, you know, we will prepare, we have a very detailed checklist, as most companies do, and we'll take our purchasing members, our engineering members, our quality members, even our cost engineering group, all together as a team and do this evaluation. You know, and we'll start with the company's, you know, their environmental commitment. You know, are they committed to protecting the environment? What is their commitment to quality, cost, and delivery? So we call that EQCD. So that's kind of our framework of how we start looking for suppliers. And then once we get on site at this company, we will take the supplier's processes, quality processes, through their entire organization, you know, from their receiving inspection, if they're buying raw materials, it's coming into their process. How do they manage that? How do they control that? How do they control that material and inventory into their manufacturing processes, their quality criteria, how they train their members, everything kind of all-encompassing audit type of review that we will do from our multiple perspectives. So you're really, you're looking for standard operating procedures and quality procedures throughout the organization. Do you look at things like diversity of suppliers? Yes, yeah. Something on our purchasing division, and in fact, we've got quite a connection. Canon has a global purchasing operation. So between our facilities in Asia, as well as in our headquarters in Japan and Canada, for the Canada locations, we've got a global purchasing organization. So there's a lot of communication about the variety of suppliers that we have, what they are able to bring to the table, and how we can benefit and share those even among other Canon facilities. 
Yeah. What I find very interesting is that the criteria that a company like yours looks for in a supplier are also things that, number one, make a company successful, and number two, make a manufacturer more valuable when it's time to exit. These are all things that good quality buyers look for when they're seeking to grow through acquisition. And often, I think small manufacturers, they don't have the systems in place, the standard operating procedures that would allow them to become a tier one supplier or to be acquired by a certain quality of buyer. So there's an interesting correlation there. You know, what makes them a good supplier to you also makes them more successful and more valuable. Yeah, I would certainly see that as well. You know, certainly there are industry certifications such as the ISO certification, the International Organization of Standards. And, you know, it's a big commitment for a company to sign on to something like that, especially a a small company. And so, you know, we can, we don't necessarily require that our suppliers to have that. It's not as if, hey, if you don't have that, we're not even going to consider you. We don't treat that. But I will say, you know, we do expect a company to have certain ways that they manage their operations and certain commitment to their employees and to the environment and to their product and to their customers. And so we do look for a lot of the similar outputs. Sure. Yeah. I find that interesting that a company your size doesn't necessarily look for the certifications, but it sounds like if they don't have the certification, they have to have the same type of systems, standard operating procedures, commitment to quality and et cetera, right? So interesting. That's what makes a good fit. And, you know, that's how we are comfortable that that supplier will be able to meet our needs and meet our requests. And then, you know, it gives us the opportunity as well, you know, back to that supplier engineering role, that supplier engineer then will be able to work with that supplier you know, for some of their technical processes or some of their technical understanding for our product. Because, of course, we are a very discerning customer. We have, you know, strict requirements, technical requirements on our product. And if it's something, you know, perhaps close to the limit of capability of a supplier, maybe there are some things that we know or that we can support to help that supplier overcome some yeah. of the gaps. I also love that you are developing a relationship with these companies where it's not just through a portal, where there's bids flying back and forth, and you're actually taking the time to go and inspect and learn and see the operation. I think that's fabulous. So you're a woman in really a male-dominated field. You've had an amazing career. What would you say to young women? considering an entrance into engineering? I feel like early on in my career, to me, I really didn't notice. I would say in this company, I didn't feel unusual or notice that, hey, you're a woman in an engineering field and there aren't many of us. I feel like the Japanese culture, perhaps, I don't want to say mask a little bit of that, but because the Japanese culture is more of a teamwork-oriented culture, because it's a very polite organization, again, still technically demanding, but you know, people strive to work together. I feel like being a female engineer here at Canon was you know, quite actually lovely, right? It's an unusual word. It, it was lovely. It, it was, it was, I enjoyed it. I still enjoy it. And I think certainly 
times women in engineering are becoming more plentiful, not a lot, but certainly better than, let's say, three decades ago. Maybe things are a little better now. I think the engineering degree gives a woman a power and a strength in a manufacturing organization that allows you to express your ideas. Here at Canada, Virginia, certainly we have well over 100 engineers here in Virginia. We want to hear from all of those engineers. We expect that diversity of ideas. And we expect our members to bring their authentic selves and be able to share in that teamwork with all of, with all of our members. So I feel like that engineering degree really does give a woman an added boost to her voice. Yeah. And so if you were to speak into how do we as a society attract more women into engineering, what would you say? Yeah, I'd like to speak about not only engineering, but also manufacturing. You know, not everyone is going to want to spend, you know, four years in it, sometimes five years, but engineering degree, not going to want to spend that time, you know, but there are skills that they think that women can gain to put them in a very lucrative you know, manufacturing career. And I think one of my passions is manufacturing. There's just there's so many great jobs in manufacturing, whether it's you know a, a technician or an inspector or a welder or you know, an electronics technician. There's so many wonderful things that you can do in manufacturing, even without having that for you in the industry. So I'm really passionate about bringing women as a whole into manufacturing. I feel like you know manufacturing is a, a strength our country, and I grew up in the United States, and I really want to be able to encourage uh, young women see that as a career for them, to see manufacturing as something attractive. There's a program that Canon has with a local university, Christopher Newport University here in Newport News, and we partner with them for a mentorship program for their female students. In there, it's called the ECSE College of Physics, Computer Science, and Engineering College. And mm-hmm. so the university there petitions professional women in our local community. And there's about 25 of us that are serving on this mentorship program right now. And we are matched with students in the Supreme Court's college. And we work with those young women, encouraging them to you know, further advance their technical career, whether it's in manufacturing or whether it's in the military or you know, a different professional group of lab military in this area. So however they choose to advance their degree in learning, but they continue in that STEM or field, whether it's physics, computer science. And so you are mentoring some of these people? Yes, I am. Actually, there's three or four women here at Canada, Virginia, and we're serving in that mentorship program along, like I said, with another 20 or so women in our local community who are doing that as well. You know what? Getting the word out about programs like this is precisely why I love doing this podcast. <laughs> Seriously. Thank you. Yeah. yeah I also it. noticed Canon, they have a great career section on their webpage where people can go and search by state, by country and see all of the openings. And I think that's fabulous. So we are starting to run out of time, but very quickly, I know that sustainability is very important to Canon. Speak to us about that a little bit before I let you go. Sure. I'd love to tell you about that. Actually, our corporate philosophy is Kyosei, Japanese word. And you know how sometimes those uh, single words take a long time to explain. So this word Kyosei, it's loosely translated as 
harmoniously living and working together for the common good. And it's been Canon's corporate philosophy since the mid-80s, I think. Actually, you'll see in my background, you'll see the cherry blossoms. We have a huge number of cherry blossoms on our campus here. Here, meaning not only living working together with you know your colleagues, your coworkers, but also with the environment. And so we are a big proponent of protecting the environment and serving our local we have a zero landfill policy, nothing that exists on our campus or in our manufacturing organizations, nothing goes to landfill. Everything is either recycled, we have a huge recycling operation, or it's reused, or in the absolute worst case, it will go to waste to energy. But nothing ever goes to the landfill. We have a huge That's awesome. So we are definitely starting to run out of time now. So if our listening audience wants to learn more about Canon Virginia or reach out to you, how should they best do that? Sure. You can find my profile on LinkedIn. If you just look for the Linda Donovan, you'll see me there. As far as looking for Canon, the website is usa.canon.com and you'll be connected with our whole United States network and there's Wonderful. Belinda Donovan. She's beautiful. She's smart. And she's a mentor. I love it. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much, Fran. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, me as well. I can't wait to when this comes out. Also, if you are a woman in manufacturing or you're in an industry where you're providing services to manufacturers and you would like to consider being on the show, please reach out to me on LinkedIn, Francis Brunel, or you could call my office, 908-387-1000. I would also like to encourage our listeners to visit whampodcast.com where you can see all of our shows and all shows brought to you by the Jacket Media Company. Thanks for listening and have a great day, everybody. Thank you for joining the WAM podcast, where women empower other women in business and manufacturing. For more shows like this, go to whampodcast.com. That's whampodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.